hey and welcome to a Friday night edition of Jocks and Locks, sponsored to you by Diamond Grind Athletics, agility, mobility, and flexibility, catching instruction in the greater Atlanta area. It is grind time. Tonight, we have a special guest, fill-in guest for Rhino. Rhino is traveling to Savannah, and we have Mark. Mark. Glad to have you on. It's been a while, and uh, we've on, but really excited to have you. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I've um, been looking forward to it. You guys have done some good things here, so happy to uh, contribute a little bit tonight. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you guys might not know, uh, Mark's a big, big Philadelphia fan of all sports and uh, very passionate like I, like I am about the uh, Cleveland sports. Uh, and we're going to talk a little about each each uh, each of those football teams and uh, the moves they're making. And uh, Cleveland made a big splash this week, as you guys might have heard on the emergency Man. podcast. Big trade. Yeah, you know, I was, uh, you know, you heard little rumblings of it the uh, previous couple days, and then all of a sudden, I'm driving in my uh, in my vehicle and uh, almost hit uh, hit a sign on the side of the road when I saw that OBJ was headed to Cleveland. And uh, obviously now uh, that kind of changes the dynamic of that team. Uh, we got a guy that can be a vertical threat. I can kind of take the top off of defense to pair with Jarvis Landry, who's one of his best friends and played with him at LSU. So uh, there's no doubt, man. I mean, you, you guys probably got the best wide receiver in football. I mean, yeah, let's, I, let's chalk it up to what it is. He, he's yeah. a difference maker. He is. He is. You know, you say best. I think he's top two. I mean, I think he's top two or three. I know we were splitting hairs with him, DeAndre Hopkins, and probably Julio. But, you know, him being 25 years old and under control for the next four years is really lucrative to have on a team. And that contract Mm -hmm. isn't so terrible. You know, it it goes down as the years go on. And so hopefully uh, he'll be a staple into that offense for a while. And Baker and him can get some real continuity uh, when it comes to – touchdowns and yards so very excited what the browns did uh you know very excited i wish it was september already i wish we could get there right now uh yep. but i th- i really do believe too though the browns the biggest thing they still need to sign is a damn kicker uh i can't uh i can't sleep at night knowing that greg joseph the financial advisor uh <laughs> is lining up for field goals and extra points uh comes come come uh, next fall because i think they need to really lock down that kicking position. I know it's a small piece, but it could be a very big piece when it comes mm-hmm. to tight games. So I was just, uh, just about to say, I mean, that's a, that's a great point because, you know, how many games they were in contention last last year, and, you know, ended up losing by either one, two, or three points. And, you know, that, guy, that guy's going to be, you know, pretty important next year. So, and that's actually refreshing to hear because, you know, online right now all we're hearing is, you know, with Odell's personality and Baker's personality, are they going to be able to, to get along? And, you know, I think at the end of the day, for the first time, you know, Odell's not going to be the alpha. I truly believe Baker's going to be the alpha in that locker room and, and be able to run it. So, you know, that, that was a little refreshing and a really good point. Yeah. Uh, and that's, a, you know, t- to your point as well, I mean, it, it, it is going to be interesting to see how those two, uh, those two egos interact. And I think, uh, I think Jarvis Landry is going to be a help uh, with with Odell and kind of keeping him, you know, obviously at odds and, and keeping him under wraps to a certain extent. I, I don't want Odell's 
Um, I don't want Odell's ego to go completely out the door, but I do. I don't want right. him to go, yeah. you know, hay, haywire. But uh, let me ask you this, Mark. Uh, you know, you being a huge Eagles fan, I know you follow it. Probably one of the biggest Eagles fans. Hell, this this side of the Mississippi River, for God's sakes. And, <laughs> um, you know what? What moves, uh, if any, do you think they'll make uh, going into the uh, going into the season this year? And uh, you know, anything you'd like to see? Yeah, you know, we actually right before we came on, uh, Eagles signed I think Ronald Darby to a one-year deal. So, you know, I saw a tweet from PFF, which is Pro Football Focus, saying he's been the 20th graded cornerback since 2015 when he got in the league. So, if you look at him as a top 20 corner, I think that helps a lot. Uh, he tore his ACL last year, so you know he's going to try to have a a big season this year and try to get paid next year. But um, you know, as far as what we need. Uh, everybody's stressing about a running back right now. I think they'll address that in the draft, though. Uh, they should go after – they'll probably – we have three picks, I think, in the top 57. So, uh, I'm a, I would put a lot of money on that we'll take a uh, running back in the first. Yeah, at this point – yeah, I, I think you're right. At this point now, uh, you know, not getting, not hitting on Le'Veon Bell, then not hitting on Tevin Coleman. Right. Yeah, I think, I think your best option is probably go draft route. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph, or excuse me, Jay Ajahi is back with the Eagles, correct? Uh, he is not. He is actually a he free agent okay. as well. Yes. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I think Ajahi was, I wouldn't say a disappointment. I wouldn't say anything, uh, you know, great but he was he he was what he was in, in in philadelphia and he ran its course and i think you know that's probably something you just kind of move on from uh he was dinged up all the time in philadelphia and hell the same the same thing he had down in miami he was always kind of nicked up and dinged up and couldn't really yeah. stay fully healthy on the field yeah just bad knee problems so you know i don't know he i mean hell he could even come back and, and be the starting running back for the eagles on another kind of make or break one year deal like darby's doing uh and try right. to get paid the following year so you know right. I, but you know i'm betting on us taking a, a running back the first three picks that we have and you know feel confident the, the defensive line we signed uh malik jackson as well uh so go right next to fletcher cox who in my opinion is the second best defensive tackle in the league obviously behind uh aaron donald as everybody probably has number one. So I think that's a good pairing. Um, you know, it's a big year for Carson Wentz. We'll see what he does coming off the off the back injury this year and the ACL the year before. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be interesting. So like you said, I'm, I'm excited too. Uh, hope we hurry up September. Yeah. And two, and I don't, I don't want to keep talking about the Eagles too much, but you know, I think obviously you and I are in the same boat as well about, keeping Carson Wentz and, and oh, yeah. Nick Foles walk and, and, you know, the future is with Carson Wentz. We've seen what he, we've seen what he is. We've seen his yep. ceiling ceilings much higher than what Nick Foles could ever bring you. Nick oh, Foles 100%. had some glory. Nick Foles had some glory days and, you know, kudos to him for getting another contract and, and, and well wishes to him down in Jacksonville. But the fact yep. of the matter is, is the future lies in Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles are better off with him at the helm than uh, Nick Foles. So, yeah. We're going to wrap that up, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a little bit of NFL talk. Kind of want to switch gears here in first pitch, and we're going to go to uh, the uh, conference tournaments right now that are going on this week uh, leading up to the uh, Selection Sunday in March Madness. And I'll tell you what, there's been a lot of upsets. And, you know, Mark and I talked off air uh, earlier in the week kind of about 
the teams that uh, are, you know, elite in college basketball. And you really start to scratch your head uh, wondering how many of these teams are really are elite because you see, you've seen a lot of upsets in these, in these NCAA uh, conference tournaments and you really can't get a real good vibe on who can really uh, run the table as one of these top one or two seeds uh, going into selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, watching obviously Duke last night, I feel like they're almost a seesaw. You know, you think at one point they can't do much of anything. You know, they'll beat, they'll beat the average team. They'll beat the above average team. But a really good team they can't beat because they just can't shoot the rock. And then you get Zion back out there. And uh, like I said, Jay Bill's quote of the year la- last night saying, it looks like he's jumping off a damn trampoline. <laughs> and I, I mean, he's so freakishly athletic and he, he is, he's just a difference maker. And, and instead of calling him Duke, let's just call him team Zion. Cause you know, at the end of the day, that's basically what they are. And it's kind of silly for me to say that because there's projected to have three top five NBA lottery picks. But right now, which I'll get into later, my top five college teams, they're not playing like that, you know. Uh, So let's just call them Team Zion for the rest of the night. I like that. So Team Zion last night watched them, you know, for a little while. And I'll tell you what, uh, Team Zion with Zion looks like a contender to me. Uh, And and it's great. It's crazy as it sounds. I think you're right. Uh, You know, Cam Reddish and, you know – they just can't shoot a yeah. lick and they're, they're so yeah it's embarrassing it really is and so is duke a title contender if if zion is playing at 100 percent, which i think he now is i think what they really did oh, was yeah. help him out as long as they could to make sure he was 100 percent. you know i've heard people going into last night's game against syracuse talking about him possibly getting a minutes restriction and, and kind of pulling him out and pulling him back I think what Krzyzewski did was held him out as long as he could to make sure he was 100% and he'd been practicing with the team. And then once, once he, uh, once he's ready to go, it's like unleashing the dogs. Well, yeah. I mean, not to mention too, with with the tournament coming up for the ACC and then you got March madness, you know, he knows that if they're going to have any shot to be cutting down the nets, you know, in in April, that he's going to have to be playing almost the whole game. And I, you know, I think it's not even close. He's going to have to play a lot, uh, you know, the next, I guess, 10, 8, 10 games. So, right. but, but to, to just to, you know, kind of add to your point. Right. Well, and two, you know, getting into it. So, so next we're going to talk about uh, Mark and I's top five teams uh, currently in the NCAA, uh, you know, obviously as, as conference terms are going on and such. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, is with Duke, you know, they these these seesaw teams you really can't kind of get a gauge of who they really are at this time of the year and it's kind of scary and 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 we're going to find out who really is elite um Mm -hmm. when when you know who who wins these big you know these power five conference tournaments and uh you know can kind of you know slide their way into the tournament and, and kind of get some momentum going. Even today, LSU gets knocked off by a Florida team who's just needed a victory. And I think yeah. that might've stamped Florida's ticket to the NCAA tournament. Uh, and, and so now, you know, you've got teams that are vying for, you know, for seeding and, you know, could really affect 
you know, how they're placed in the, in the bracket. And to be quite frank with you, as long as you, you know, you get a good draw or you get a bad draw, it could be the demise or, or, you know, plus of your entire season. So we'll see what happens in the NCAA tournament and how the committee puts those teams out, but we're going to get into our top five teams in the NCAA currently. Uh, and uh, Mark, why don't you start at number five? Who's your number five team uh, in the NCAA right now? I got, I got the University of Kentucky, uh, and I think they're playing well uh, going into the right time of the year. Uh, they, you know, they, they got John Calipari's guys. They're, they're, he recruits these guys that are ready to make a run in the tournament at uh, this time of the year. So Kentucky's my number five. All right, at five for me, I've got North Carolina, obviously beating the Dukies twice. Uh, you know, is, is a staple on a resume. Uh, I just – I'm not sold enough to move them up. I know they're playing really good basketball right now. They've clobbered a handful of teams uh, lately, and they play in obviously a juggernaut of a conference uh, where you're going to have – in my five, you're going to have three of the top five from the same conference. Yeah. But, you know, it, North Carolina to me is a title contender, uh, you know, if if they can keep this run going, I think they've got a shot to, to, to cut down the nets. But I uh, have them slid in, in my five spot. Uh, four, what do you have, Mark? Yeah, so four, I got Virginia. Um, you know, kind of back to your question on the elite team, we were talking about college basketball teams, and this is before Zion come, uh, Team Zion came back. So, uh, you know, Virginia popped in there as one of those teams that I probably believe in, but – I just don't think they got a guy that can get to the basket. I know they have guy really can shoot it, but if that guy's off, uh, I think, you know, they're going to be, it's going to be tough sledding for him again, just like last year being upset as the first time ever as the, as the number one seed. So, but that's my number four team. Now, do you have them going out in the first round again? I do not. I do not. I think they're, they're too good. They're too good for that. I think they're, Probably the easiest call is a Final Four team. Probably yeah. on my top five. I just don't think their ceiling is good enough to get there. And that you know, and I don't. I don't like to agree with everybody on my podcast, but I do agree with you there. I think they have the lowest floor, but the highest ceiling of anybody yeah. in the in the in the country. Um, and so you're going to find them obviously in my top five. But you know, with Virginia, to me, um, they're they don't have any complete other weaknesses, you know, and, Correct. and th- Correct. They, they're across the board. They check all the boxes. So we'll get to, I'll get to Virginia yep. in a little bit uh, on the three line. What about you on the three line? Yeah. On the three line. Did you get us in your number four? Oh, I I'm skipping around. I'm, I hey. apologize for that. Wow. Yeah, I'm interested to hear my, yours. Hey, I just to make my, sure. uh, yeah, I know. I get all excited to get you on the podcast and all of a sudden I'm jumping, I'm jumping around. Uh, number four for me might be a little bit of a shocker. Uh, I have the Houston Cougars. Uh, you know, everybody. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm in love with Houston. I am. I think Kelvin Sampson has done a remarkable job turning that program around. Uh, and, you know, talk about a team that's been obviously the, the, the egg they laid against UCF uh, about a week or so back. You know, they've won six of the last seven. They're 30 and two on the year. And they've won the six of the last seven by an average of 24 and a half points a game. 
they also have a non-conference win against LSU earlier on in the year. And I just think the maturity of this basketball team is going to give teams absolute fits. And uh, they're just so physical, and they're going to come at you for 40 minutes. Kelvin Sampson's instilled in them kind of a bulldog mentality where they're just going to come at you. And I absolutely love Houston. And if you happen to be somebody that likes to put money down on anybody, I think it's an absolute steal right now in Vegas to get them at 50-1 to to win the national title. I think that team is an absolute steal at 50-1. to And I love the Houston Cougars, and they are number four on my list. There you go. There you guys go. Fifty to one. You heard it. Heard it here first. Number three. I'm gonna. I'll start off number three. I've got to do. I've. Excuse me. I have Team Zion at number three. Uh, Team Zion obviously gets their best player back. Uh, we'll see tonight. I'm interested and really intrigued to see this game tonight between them and North Carolina. Obviously, as I said earlier, North Carolina has won the previous two meetings this year, and I'm sure Duke is hungry uh, to uh, knock off the Tar Heels in a huge rivalry game. Uh, yeah. And it's it's kind of crazy, too, that that's a semifinal game in the, North, in the ACC, which shows you how, yeah. how, how good, deep. how deep and good that conference is. But I have Duke on the three line. Uh, uh, Mark, what do you have? Well... I'll correct you again. It's Team Zion, and that's who I have on the uh, number three line. Uh, You know, and exactly for the reasons why uh, is the name. Right now, they got two of their best players aren't playing like they should be. They better turn it on. Um, But I got Team Zion at number three. You know, and speak to Team Zion. Can can their point guard – Jones, Jones the, yeah. Ty, was it? It's not it's Ty, Tyrus. It's Jones is Tyrus. There we go. Yeah. I mean, how bad is he from beyond the arc? I not mean, good. I have, oh good. my god, it is. It's like watching Rajon Rondo coming out of Kentucky throwing up rocks. I mean, it's just yeah. bad. He can't it shoot. Hurt, it, it hurts to watch. It's like my boy uh, or my former boy Markel Fultz, all my Philly faithful. Oh, oh it, it's not nice. We're not going to get into that, but yeah, poor Markel, rest in peace. Uh, number two, number two on my line, uh, I'm going to go with the Gonzaga Bulldogs. I know they had a little hiccup, and every team in the year has a hiccup. Obviously, it looks worse when it's later. Uh, you know, you don't see them a lot. They play uh, in a conference that obviously isn't as deep as a lot of other conferences are mm-hmm. in the Power Five. But Gonzaga, talent-wise, Mark Few brings in these thoroughbreds. They're built for March. They're built to make a run. Uh, you know, are they a Final Four team? I believe so, but it just depends on where they kind of land. If they land in a region with a number two that's a little bit weaker, I give them a shot. If they get a juggernaut as a number two seed, a team that, you know, could potentially be a Houston that doesn't get a one and gets a two, uh, I don't know. But, yeah. you know, uh, I like Gonzaga on the two line. What do you have on the two line, Mark? I'm actually going to agree with you there. I got Gonzaga Bulldogs, um, you know, basically for their, you know, what they've done so far leading up to it. You know, it is a little disheartening to see that they are, you know, a top three team in the country, 14 point favorites. Uh, this, I think it was this week and, and they, and they take an L. So, you know, they should be playing their best basketball right now and, and doing that. It's not good. Cause 
Obviously, you can't have any slip-ups. One and you're done. But that's my number two. All right. And let's go to number one. Number one on my board is the team that I had talked about earlier that uh, Mark had, I believe, on his four line, and that is the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, a couple reasons why. As I said earlier, I think this year there's a lot of parity. I don't know if there is an absolute juggernaut elite team. I think there's a lot of really, really good teams. And I think Virginia has the highest floor of anybody in the country. And they just checked the boxes off for me. And uh, I think the fuel for them getting embarrassed last year by UMBC in the first round is going to generate uh, some more firepower for Virginia. And I think Virginia right now is the number one team, in my mind, in the country. And uh, they're just steady Eddie. What you see is what you get. So I have UVA on the one line. What do you have for the one? All right. So before – I'm going to post this on my Twitter later. So before everybody freaks out, let me get let me get this through. And I don't think it's outlandish by any means, but there's going to be some people that are like, uh, come on. But I have the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, they beat Team Zion obviously once with him and once without. So they have some big wins. I, you know, they got a big game tonight. We'll get to our uh, locks later, but um, I, I like UNC tonight. You know, I think what goes overlooked with the three-star freshman at Duke or Team Zion, excuse me, um, is this Kobe White kid. He, he's played so well lately. Uh, he's getting hot. He's getting that confidence that he needs as a freshman. Um uh, so that's one of my reasons. They got a first-rounder of their own and Nasir Little. And, you know, they got their older guys in Cameron Johnson and Luke May. Um, I think Luke May and Cameron Johnson, you know, create a little bit of a mismatch there for Zion uh, with, with Luke May being able to stretch the floor and Cameron Johnson doing the same. So uh, that's mine, UNC number one. Well, uh, I, I'd like to rebuttal and say you're crazy, but I can't – I can't – you know, really go against what you said. And I guess what the moral of the story is after listening to these top five for Mark and I is you better tune in tonight at 930 to watch North Carolina and Duke because that is going to be an absolute war of two really, really good basketball teams uh, in the NCAA. So uh, we're going to take a little break and talk to you about our sponsor for the entire show. That is the Black Tux. Well, as I told you guys uh, on Monday, uh, we are going to do a little bit of fantasy fantasy baseball tonight. Uh, I know uh, my draft. Yeah, my draft is tomorrow. Uh, Hopefully the the, uh, people in my league aren't listening too much tonight because I'm going to kind of reveal a couple of guys that I really like, a couple of guys I don't, uh, a couple of sleepers and such. But uh, we're going to get ready to help them out. Yeah, there you go. Right. Uh, you know, I, I want you to be able to, uh, you know, send it deep for the fans to keep. So uh, we're going to talk uh, first about kind of the studs that, you know, it doesn't have to be the Mookies and the, you know, Trouts of the world because we obviously know those guys are going to going to hit and, uh, and and do the things they need to do to be the elite of the elite. And, and we're going to talk about some elite guys, but guys that just aren't on that front line that I think are going to have really, really good years. And so I'm going to go and start off 
with some stud pitchers that I really, really like this year uh, going into the 2019 season. And I'm going to start off uh, in Mark's hometown and the Philadelphia Phillies with Aaron Nola. I just think this guy has got uh, elite stuff uh, when it comes to pitching in the big leagues. Uh, and uh, for him to get, obviously, all the acquisitions on the offensive side, uh, I think it's going to drive his his win total up. And just as long as Gabe Kapler doesn't get in the way and lets Aaron Nola be the oh, guy he come should on be. Come on now. Well, I'm come just on. saying I, I don't want to see 75 and out the doors. I don't want to see, you know, Hector – Hector Neris coming in in the, in the sixth inning to really know. I get right. it. I get it. I, I, hey, you know, let I, me ask you that. I don't want to get off yeah. topic too much, but do you have – is Aaron Nola a top five pitcher in the big leagues? 100% he is. Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like do. I, I believe I believe that wholeheartedly. And I'll tell you this, Mark, I think I think next year he's going to be a top two pitcher in the league. I think, I think you're going to see a couple of those guys in the top five kind of start dwindling. I think – and I'm gonna yeah. get to I'm gonna get to one of those guys, and that's Corey Kluber. I think Kluber's gonna start to fall off a hair. And I also don't know how many bullets Chris Sale really has left in that arsenal. I know I I, I know that uh, you know. Well, here here's a little tip. Now, if Chris Sale falls to you in the third round, yeah, you take him. Sign up. Correct. I do agree with you there. Uh, but I just think overall, I think Aaron Nola is gonna be a guy that's gonna stay in the league for a while and be elite for a long time. Special special yeah. pitcher. And so I'm all in on Aaron Nola. Uh, I'm going to get to get to one more guy, then kind of turn it over to Mark for a couple of guys. I also do like Blake Snell as well. I know he kind of came onto the scene last year and, uh, you know, sparkled uh, with the Rays. Hell, there's probably 16 people that go to those games, but that son of a bitch can absolutely <laughs> fill the zone up, and he is filthy. Man. And so the top left-handed pitcher in the league absolutely. this year. And so I think I think Will I win. think Blake Snell is an absolute steal. Uh, where he's getting put in uh, preseason rankings, I don't think it was a fluke. Electric, and even though he's playing in the AL or AL uh, AL East with a bunch of juggernauts, I really still like Blake Snell to be a uh, top of the top of the uh, rotation guy in your fantasy leagues. So Nolan Snell to me are two guys that are absolute juggernauts. Mark, do you have any studs uh, on the mound that like you want to talk about? No, on the mound, actually, I don't. Okay. But I have I have uh, two position yeah. players out that you know that aren't probably as well known or as big as names like you said. I love to hear them. Uh, but the first one is Eric Hosmer. I think he, you know, Manny Machado coming there, I think that they think that they have a chance. And, you know, obviously, listen to some of your uh, your previous podcasts with Rhino. Shout out to Rhino. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's some motivation there with the, with the Padres. And, you know, now that they got Machado, he's got protection. Um, I, I really like Hosmer to have kind of one of those, you know, big-time years where he's one of the top three first basemen. Wow. I actually I don't mind that, and I have that that name hasn't really even ran ran across my mind. The only thing with me with right, Hosmer, that's he's falling in these yeah. drafts. You know, the average draft position is it's wild. How low he's right. Gone. And the thing with me with Hosmer, and and this is no discredit to Hosmer, never thought he was a big power guy at first base, even in Kansas City. And it's not to say that Kaufman's a really big home Homer Park. And then obviously he goes to San right. Diego, where it's also Daniel Yosemite, so it's hard to drive balls out of the yard. 
but that son of a gun can really swing the pole. I think he's a really good mm-hmm. bat. He's a plus defender, obviously, which doesn't help me in fantasy. But I do don't I, I don't mind Hosmer either. I think that obviously helps him uh, getting uh, Manny to hit ahead of him, and uh, I think he drives in a hell of a lot of runs this year. So I don't I don't even mind that mm-hmm. at all. I'm going to go to two more stud pitchers uh, real quick before we uh, move to a couple of the bats I like as well. I like Trevor Bauer this year in Cleveland. As you know, I'm a Cleveland homer. But I actually do think at the end of the year this year, Bauer's going to have better numbers than Kluber does. Uh, I know the funky shit that Bauer does. He's got some antics. He's got some, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's very rigid when it comes to uh, being Does that coached. make you, like, not want to, you know, draft that guy? Do you hold anything, yeah, like, against him because of how he acts? Not really. I, I, I don't mind him. Uh, he, he's, like I said, he's uh, – no. As long as you go out every fifth day and shove, I don't really give a shit what you do. But, yeah, yeah. you know, but, but to, to, to the team's credit, I think, he, I think you have to kind of keep him reeled in a little bit because he's kind of, he can go kind of off the walls at times. He can mm, off the reservation. That. So, I uh, like Trevor Bauer this year. I think he's going to have a really good year, 15-plus wins. And, uh, you know, obviously, and another nice thing, too, is, you know, playing the schmucks of the AL Central uh, for majority of the year. Uh, it really kind of helps you as an arm in the uh, in the AL Central. And so the second guy, or excuse me, the fourth guy of, of stud pitchers that I really like, and a guy that I, I'm actually keeping uh, in my auction keeper league is Garrett Cole. I think he's going to fully take the reins as obviously the number one uh, in Houston. If he hasn't already, and I'm not saying nothing against Justin Verlander, his his career has been absolutely phenomenal. He's a, yeah, a little resurgence in there as well. Yeah. You know? and so I, you have Garrett Cole behind Justin Verlander. Uh, preseason, yes. I think by the end of the year. The pitcher I think, list. Yeah. Yes, at preseason, I think at the end of the year, I believe Garrett Cole's a better arm than Justin Verlander is. I mm. think Verlander's going to start – I think he's going to start puttering out at some point. I mean, I would think. Well, uh, he had I, that I just, resurgence, you know. And he did, but there's going to be a – year last year too. Right, there's going to be a desurgence, which is not a not a word at all, but there's going to be some type of fall off for Verlander in my opinion. And I don't know – I just think it comes, you know – either in the middle of this year or maybe even starting next year. But I do think Verlander starts to taper just a hair. But I really like Garrett Cole, what he does. He's an innings eater, high strikeout guy. And, um, you know, I just think he's, he's, he's actually, you know, joined a club where I guess we could kind of question what they do down there because all these guys that have gone to Houston have really had a lot of success right. uh, joining that Astros organization. So, uh uh, let's see, Mark, how about you give me another, uh, you know, another guy that you really like, uh, like this year? Yeah. So I'll go to my, my Philly blood here and, and kind of a guy I feel like that's getting overlooked and, you know, as far as, you know, the wins and losses go and, and how catchers really impact the game. And, you know, obviously I give away the, the clue with the catcher and, and JT Realmuto. Um, I think he's going to come in, takes charge of the pitching staff. And obviously that doesn't affect you guys and your fantasy teams and those little make-believe things. Um, but, you know, he's going to have that presence. And I think it's also that little swag that ends, uh, that adds to that. I think it's going to add to him offensively. Um, 
You know, I'm not a big fan of drafting catchers high in drafts, but I think this – I don't really think he's going to put up catcher numbers this year, if you will. Um, they're going to be more of, you know, top five, top, top ten first baseman. Um, so, JT Realmuto, where he's getting drafted right now in the average draft position, um, I'm all over him. Uh, you know, if, if JT Realmuto was available in my auction keeper league, I would be all in as well. Uh, I think this guy, and I, as I've said before in this podcast, this guy is the absolute best acquisition any team made in the entire off season. You can have Goldschmidt, you can have Harper, you can have any of them. I think the, I think the dividends that he's going to pay, uh, to the uh, Philadelphia Phillies managing that, managing that staff and being able to get to a team, uh, that has a chance to do something special and not have to play in a graveyard down in Miami where he's mm-hmm. playing for, uh, you know, playing for Pinochle and, uh, you know, tiddlywinks. I'm all in on JT Real Muto. Yeah, uh, absolutely all in. Trade as well, you know. I mean, he's absolutely. going from hitting down there in, in Miami half the year. He's hitting in, in Citizen Bank. And, you know, for you guys that don't know, Citizen Bank's probably one of the top five hitter-friendly, uh, you know, stadiums there is so you know you don't don't count out that too i wouldn't be surprised to see, to see 30 big ones this year uh i don't disagree i'm gonna get to a couple bats uh that i really do like that are obviously the top of a lot of positional uh positional charts uh, i do like gary sanchez speaking of catchers i think this guy has a bounce back here uh, after having an absolutely awful year last year yeah. now if we were judging upon uh the actual catcher position uh i would fade him 10 times out of 10 uh the man can't catch a cold if he was in a hospital but uh gary sanchez can swing the pole the only reason he's in the lineup and i do think he's gonna figure it out this year i think he probably sits or probably around five or six in that lineup obviously it's jam-packed with a bunch of swing and miss bats but uh I do. I don't mind Gary Sanchez as a catcher behind Real Muto. I think Real Muto, to me, is my number one catcher on the board. I have Gary Sanchez right behind him. I think Chris Bryant breaks out again this year, uh, coming back oh, to like an MVP Chris season. Year, huh? I do. I like Chris Bryant. I think. Wow. I think. Ho- I'm hoping the uh, the injuries are behind wow. him. And uh, I do like Chris, especially to obviously his versatility, being third base and outfield eligible. But I just like Chris Bryant. I think the guy can flat out hit. And, uh, you know, being in Cubby land, I think he's going to have to – for them to make a to make a push, I just still think he has to be really, really good. And, you know, I think him paired with Baez in that lineup along with Rizzo, I do like Chris Bryant. Uh, Let me interrupt very, you there. So, you, yeah. you know, we're getting all a little off topic too here again. But you said make a push and for them to be in the playoffs. Who, who – let me, let me hear your top two – World Series contenders this year. Uh, do you want AL? I'll put you on the spot. This yeah, ain't that no, that's hard. fine. I love it. I love it. Uh, so we're talking two from yeah, the AL. Yeah, let's get an AL and an NL. I want to hear your two contenders. So uh, I think the Houston Astros represent the AL this year. I think solidifying that bullpen with Azuna. I know he had yeah. the 80-game suspension last year. I know I said Verlander might taper a little bit. I don't think he tapers enough. 
And uh, I just well, think that they'll was make it. going to be my point to you. So yeah, you, it, you, it, you got your World Series contender from the AL, yeah. which I don't think is a great. I think the East is probably better, but you got them in the AL, and and you're thinking Verlander's going to fall uh, off. I think I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I said I said I think he's going to taper. I think Verlander still in the playoffs is a absolute monster. I, I don't know if in the last, uh, you know. Half decade, he could find a guy that's more clutch in the postseason yeah. than Justin Verlander. So I think that guy's going to be there in September and October. I think Garrett Cole is going to lead that staff, though, into the September and October. I think they make a deal at the deadline, solidify the bullpen. And uh, I just think there's too many offensive weapons there um, that they, they spread it around enough to be able to beat you. I know that yeah. you know Boston's got Mookie and J.D., uh, but I don't think J.D. repeats what he did last year. I think Mookie's an absolute stud. But you get Michael Brantley in Houston, which I think is a huge little piece, and a huge little. Yeah, it's a really good uh, really good line, but a huge piece. Huge uh, to, little. Yeah, yeah, a huge complimentary piece to help out that team. I just like Houston to get out of the AL. In right, the NL, I know. Yeah, in the NL, I got a little bit of a shocker for you. And I, I mentioned in the last podcast or two podcasts ago, I actually really like the St. Louis Cardinals this year. I think the pedigree of what they've done, um, obviously, throughout their existence. Man, but picking I up Paul. I disagree with you anymore, man. That, mean, and that's fine. Uh, I just really think you Paul Gold. Name, go name their top five starting pitchers for me. Uh, top five? Yep, yeah, it'll be in the, in the uh, rotation this year. Well, here, let I me think, let me. I'll save you the trouble. It's like Nick. Well, Nicholas no, I think I think well, Mikolas and Flaherty, and Flaherty. Think, are going to be really good. Uh, I also think I think Wayne Wright is going to be on the back end of the staff. Um, Very, but, but here's my point. We got Justin yeah. Berlander. I like your pick there, but then you got two young kids at the front of your rotation going to be expected to be pitching big innings. At the end of September and October, uh, yeah, I, I just they, don't see that listen, working they out have, very well. Yeah, they have to grow a lot, and and I'm not saying it's not a dark horse pick. I just think that there's a lot of young talent around. Uh, you know, the stud of Paul. You know, uh, I just think you know St. Louis is going to find one of those St. Louis years where they kind of run. Uh, they yeah. caught fire last year, couldn't get into the playoffs, but kind of made a run. I know they're in a miserably tough division uh, with the Brewers and the Cubs, and even the Reds are going to push uh, to give them some issues. But I think at the end of the day, I do like the St. Louis Cardinals to win the NL Central as a dark horse, as I said. And uh, I think as well, one guy you want to keep your eye on that is coming back from surgery, but arguably could be the rookie of the year. As long as he gets up soon enough as Alex Reyes. I know another young arm, yeah, but one arm. of the top arms, uh, top up and coming prospects in the big or coming into the big leagues. So, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of uh, stepping up from some young pitching, but I like the St. Louis Cardinals and the Houston Astros to be in the world series. Like Mark, what do you got for the Cardinals? All right, for the you, you want to hear my AL and NL, or do you want me to get to my uh, my no, fantasy kind of? I'd love to hear your AL now since you uh, since you asked me your AL. So my AL, 
I'm going to have the Boston Red Sox. Uh, like you touched on, I got J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts. I got Chris Sale, and that's, you know, he's starting to step up. I think you see a motivated David Price again. I think he still feels like the city of Boston doesn't think that he's, you know, kind of lived up to, to that contract. So I think he's going to have a big year. Um, you know, I wish the bullpen was a little bit more solid with Kimbrell back there, but I think they'll be okay. And uh, I think they'll get out of the AL this year. Okay. And who do you have in the NL? My NL team is actually going to surprise you. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. Um, you know, one of my fantasy duds, which we'll get to, is going to be Clayton Kershaw. And it's probably going to shock you guys, but he's on his way out. Uh, the, the, the velocity's way down. He can't stay healthy, but it doesn't matter. That's what's cool here. They got an up-and-coming uh, young stud and and Walker Bueller. Um, I think he can kind of lead that staff. And I think the offense is, is, is really good. You really get one of the most uh, – probably the, a top five shortstop in the game back that nobody's really talking about, and Corey Seager. Um, so, you know, he comes back, gives you a little bit of energy in life, can hit in the middle of the order. You still got Justin Turner. You got Jock Peterson. You got Cody Bellinger. It's a deep lineup. They can go one through eight with you. Um, so, And I actually have them coming out on top this year. For the third time in three years, they'll make the World Series. But for the first time in this past decade, they'll take home the trophy in October. Well, since you put me on the spot, I'm not going to maybe put you on the spot, but I'm going to disagree with, yeah, with the right. Dodgers. You know, it's a, I know it is. Uh, Come on. But my thing with the Dodgers is I think the same old song and dance isn't going to last for a third time. I think Dave Roberts has done a great job with that team. I think they are deep. But I think there's a couple pretenders on that team uh, when it comes to player-wise. I don't think Kenley Jansen is the upper echelon elite guy that we all think he is. I think I think he had one really good year. I think that he's an average closer. Um, I also believe that Walker Bueller uh, is an absolute stud, but we haven't seen a lot of longevity out of that guy. I want to see him throw 200 innings because if Kershaw's not healthy, we need to see Walker Bueller basically be the horse of that staff. You well, have an they'll aging... go eight deep with you now. They'll go eight deep in the starting I don't, rotation. I don't, I, I don't disagree with you, but if you have eight guys – if you have eight guys that are just subpar or, about, or an average, I, I, I don't like your chances. Second thing is Rich Hill is on the back half, if not the last end of his career. Uh, that big old breaking looping curveball is going to finally fizzle out at some point. Looping? Uh, and I, Come on now. That's and I also a disservice and, to Rich. And I, and I also believe, too, that a lot of those bats in that lineup uh, you know, including Corey Seager, who is, yes, a great piece to get back. Yeah. I, I don't I just don't know how healthy the guy really is. I mean, yes, he's back, but he had two separate surgeries on two separate body parts. And so the lingering effects of that can maybe rear its head. And I just don't know if the guy gets back to full, full strength this year coming up two separate injuries on two different body parts. So yeah, I'm I not think, completely sold. Be, 
Yeah, I understand. And it's, those are great points, as always. You know, and, and it's more of a – it's like we're talking about in college basketball right now. It's more of a, I think this team is going to be hot rolling into September and October. More as do I think they're going to start off hot. I mean, hell, last year they were probably 15 games behind at one point in the division. You know, but they also have a willing owner willing to go out and make trades. They know their window's probably closing as well. So I think they'll be more tempted, just like last year they went out and got Manny Machado, gave up one of their best top young prospects just for a rental. So I think, the, you know, he, they're going to be in it to win it this year because you make valid points. And But if those guys do get healthy, watch out. Uh, point taken. All right, we're going to get to a few of our uh, – few more guys. We're going to talk about one – uh, I'm talking about one pitcher dud that I believe, a couple, uh, couple bat duds, and a couple breakouts and sleepers. Real quickly, um, a dud I have uh, on the mound as a, as a guy that is getting drafted relatively high. Obviously, the news comes out, but Luis Severino to me is an absolute yeah. stay away from me. I, I, I can't get in on that right now. Um, I, the stuff is phenomenal, uh, but the problem is, is when – the uh, machine doesn't work. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter where he is. You know, the output isn't going to be great. And I, I don't know how healthy he's going to be. And uh, I'm just out on a Luis Severino uh, yeah, in a bat a, that a I really hit for them too. Yeah. It's, no. it's, 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 it's tough to take as a Yankees Yankee fan. And the other yeah, guy nice. I want to talk about too is Matt Carpenter. Uh, I know, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in the, and I have him as a, as a world series as a World yes, Series uh, guy, do. but uh, I don't think he. And what I'm going to is, I don't think he has 36 bombs again this year. I mean, yeah. I just don't see Matt Carpenter as a guy to, to 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 launch that many home runs. He's been 21, 23, 27. I just think he's more around 25 this year, and I don't know if he drives in as many runs. He's got 81 runs driven in. I think Goldschmidt drives in a hell of a lot of them. Um, yeah, I know he'll yeah. probably hit ahead of them, but. You know, I think Carpenter's fine. I just don't think he's what he was last year. Um, do you have any other duds that you want to talk about? No duds um, uh, besides Kershaw, who I already cut, kind of touched on. Right. Actually, you know, I have I have kind of one here. I don't think his average draft position has been too high, but I personally stayed away uh, stayed away from him, and I have my uh, three hundred dollar draft coming up Sunday, so I'll be staying away from him there too. Is Madison Bumgarner? Um, it's kind of Dewey alluded to earlier, you know, and, and Kershaw and, and Kluber, who's another fantasy dud for me personally. I don't want to take up too much of your time tonight, so I'll just cover Bumgarner. But, you know, the age is getting up there. The velocity's going down. He's all He's been injured the last three of the last three years. Now, yes, a couple of them have been extremely crazy when he's riding dirt bikes and, and breaking. I, think, I forget exactly what he did, but, um, you know, I, I just – I don't like that guy. I would stay as far, far away as you as you can from him. Uh, same here. I'm out on Kershaw, Kluber, and Bumgardner. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a, a breakout guy for me. And speaking of the Cardinals, I really like Paul DeYoung. Uh, you know, was injured a lot last year, but really physical shortstop. And I know shortstop's a really deep position this year. You got a lot of guys you can get uh, probably at a cheaper price. You know, you see guys like, you know, even Carlos Correa going, uh, you know, a little bit farther down than where you probably think he should. 
but I really like Paul DeYoung. Uh, to, I think I, I believe he's going to have 25 home runs this year and drive in almost 90 runs. I know he's going to be underneath Goldschmidt. I know he's going to clean up a lot of the uh, clean up a lot of the mess. I really like Paul DeYoung though. I think he's a physical shortstop, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you get it for cheap. Uh, or in, in, if you're in an auction, or if you're if you're in a snake draft, just get him later. Uh, I think it's a good piece to have, and yeah. just kind of wait out on those shortstops. Uh, shortstops and uh, catchers, just wait. Hold your horses for sure. For sure. Um, any sleepers? Do you have Mark? Yeah, so I got, uh, you know, as Dewey and I kind of prepared for this, um, I had a pitcher and I got a hitter. So I'll give you my uh, my hitter first, and that's David Dovett. Um, you know, outfielder for the Colorado Rockies. Um, if you like looking at pretty left-handed swings, you need to watch this guy play baseball because it, it, it's a, it's a good-looking swing. Um, you know, with Carlos Gonzalez gone now, David Dahl steps into a full-time – uh, workload and and he's healthy he was hurt a little bit last year kind of platooning even when he was healthy but with cargo gone him a year older um, hitting at Colorado the best hitters part in baseball for half of his games I'm all in on this guy David Dahl especially at his uh, average draft position before Mark gets to his pitcher, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna slide in one bat, and then he'll get to his pitcher. Then we're gonna get to you lock yeah. it up. Slide um, it in. I, yeah, I like uh, I like Jonathan Scope this year in, in Minnesota. I know that place isn't so much of a hitter's park, Ooh. but he had a bad rap last year. It was in Baltimore, uh, where they were absolutely abysmal. I mean, they couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time. You had Chris Davis hitting underneath the Mendoza line. And I just really like Jonathan Scope. I think he provides a big power source in second base. I think it's a cheap power source, too. I think uh, him hitting 30-plus bombs in Baltimore the year before and uh, then was traded in Milwaukee, kind of platoon with uh, Moustakas and Travis Shaw between third base and second base, and they just kind of rotated them all in. I actually like Jonathan Scope now that – you know, that Brian Dozier's gone. He's in He's in Washington. I think Scope has 30 bombs this year in, in Minnesota, and I think he has a, has a, a, a plus year. I, I think he hits probably about 260, but I think he provides a big power source for anybody That's looking for a cheap base second baseman yeah. uh, at the second base position. Like uh, so, uh, Mark, yeah, Mark, fill us in on your, on your pitcher. Yeah, so my pitcher – uh, shout out to one of my one of my best friends, uh, Chris Meredith. So um, he's been watching this guy for about two or three years, uh, and I think this year's the year. And that's Nick Pavetta with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, it, I don't, you know, what's not to like about this guy? He was up to 99 miles an hour today. Uh, a breaking ball, probably top five spin rate in the league, uh, and you know, high K guy. Um, just, you know, we, he was actually a part of the trade for Jonathan Papelbon from the Nationals when we traded him there. So, um, you know, if there is one thing not to like, it is probably that he doesn't really have a, you know, a plus third pitch. When you talk about these guys that are, you know, Cy Young contenders and everybody we've named studs, those guys got three plus pitches and they can throw it anytime and, you know, anywhere. So, that's my stud breakout pitcher, especially where he's going. My $100 keeper league the other day, I think I got him in the 20th round. Um, that's way, way above it uh, where he should be drafting. Boy, and two, I'm just going to add to that before we get to you lock it up. 
you know, him not having to be the uh, the anchor of that staff either is going to help him out. Oh, yeah. uh, I think, you know, he's not going to have to match up against, you know, well, obviously as, as the season goes on, uh, you match up against different guys, but he's not going to have to lead that staff. And Aaron Knowles got that job. And uh, I think Pavetta fills in really well. I do. I do like Pavetta. And uh, as we said earlier about Nola, you know, he's going to get a lot of run support. Yeah. Get, and the team adds a veteran catcher and JT Real Muto, who's going to be able to kind of foster that entire staff and help them out along the way. So I, I, yeah. I do like uh, Nick Pavetta as well. So without further ado, we're going to really, uh, we're going to get to you lock it up. Uh, talk about three games tomorrow, not tomorrow, tonight, excuse me, tonight yeah. uh, on the docket. I'm already jumping to tomorrow. Uh, three games tonight. Uh, and uh, first game we're going to get to uh, is going to be the Mississippi State and Tennessee game. Mississippi State, last time I checked, it's a five-and-a-half-point underdog playing against Tennessee. Yep. And, uh, you know, Mark, what do you like in this game, and, and, and what side are you taking? So I'm on the Tennessee side. You know, go Vols. Um, I think I think this is the, you know, the moment they've been waiting for. They're, they've been kind of coasting a little bit, getting a couple unlucky bounces with a tough loss at LSU a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, I think they understand. It's tournament time, uh, time to get going. So I, I, I love Tennessee tonight. This is going to take uh, real quick for me. Everybody on this podcast that's listened knows I am a Tennessee hardhead individual. Sign me up. Go Vols. Rocky Top, all in. Sign me up for the volunteers. Next game, West Virginia and Kansas. West Virginia is a 10-point underdog playing the Kansas Jayhawks, who are obviously down, uh, don't know his first name, last name, Azabuke. What do you like in this game? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with West Virginia, and you know, to everybody that listens tonight, I obviously don't watch as much college basketball as um, you know probably the average fan, but I, I like West Virginia tonight. I can you know I check a couple of things and what they're doing right now. They're playing they're playing as good as basketball as anybody in this tournament. So um, I, I like them tonight. Give me the plus eleven, and that's actually going to be my lock of Lock it up. Wow. I love it. Man, I love it. I am all in on Huggyville. Bob yeah, Huggins has got to be. Yeah, you know what? I, I'll tell you what. You know, they started off actually as a preseason top 25 team, and they've obviously had a very, very down year. Um, but Bob Huggins, when it gets close to tournament time and it's conference tournament time, the son of a gun absolutely gets that team ready to go. Uh, they've been playing really good basketball lately. They knocked off Texas tech yesterday. And, uh, I wouldn't even mind if I took the money line and took West Virginia outright, to be honest with you. I know it's crazy. Yeah. It sounds, Just sprinkle but a I little really, bit there. I really, really like West Virginia tonight. Uh, plus 10. I think it's a, I think it's a free, a free space. Um, uh, but, uh, give me West. Board. Yeah. Give me West Virginia and everything. So we're going to get to the last game of the night. And obviously, it's the marquee game of the night. We're gonna have the Duke Blue Devils, uh, as we as Team check, Zion. Yeah, te- excuse me. I apologize. Uh, Team Zion Blue Devils versus North Carolina. Uh, Duke is a three and a half point favorite. Mark, where are you leaning? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my number one team in the country will win tonight. 
you take the three, as Dewey just kind of alluded to, with the West Virginia money line, sprinkle some on that UNC money line. I like the underdogs tonight uh, for the most part, obviously besides Tennessee. Um, but, you know, they, they're 2-0. and They have confidence. Yes, I understand to all you people out there that say, well, they've already lost to them twice. And, and and want Duke to win tonight? Well, I, I just don't see that happen. Like I said, you got Kobe White, Nasir Little. It's not at Duke. Um, you know, they're on a neutral court. I, I love UNC tonight. Well, you just called out my bluff. Uh, I'm going to use the you can't be a, a great team three times. I don't know if you can beat an average team three times, but I think you can beat a great team three times. I think Duke's great. They're not elite. They're great. I'll take team Duke. Zion. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Team Zion. I keep I keep screwing that up, and I apologize. I'll take Team Zion. Uh, I don't really like eating a three and a half, but uh, I guess since you put me into a corner, I'll yeah. take the three and a half and eat it. Uh, give me uh, give me Team Zion tonight minus three and a half against the. North Carolina Tar Heels, they find so a way to get Cam, it. You got Cam Reddish and, and, and Barrett playing a good game tonight. I do, I do. I think they'll I think they'll find a way. I think Krzyzewski will, you know, talk them up enough to get them, uh, to get them a victory tonight, and they'll move on and play UVA uh, on Saturday for the ACC title. Well, It'll I really want to thank – Yeah, absolutely. And I really want to thank uh, Mark tonight for coming on. Did a great job, and um, – Look yeah, forward appreciate to talk. having me on. Absolutely, man. absolutely. Make Look sure, forward. Yeah, and I wanted to say, uh, you know, before I go and, and Dewey closes out, it was a pleasure. And make sure you guys tune in for March Madness uh, every year. Dewey and I go to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada for uh, you know for the for the tournament. So make sure you guys tune in. We might be coming to you with the live podcast, giving you some uh, extra lock. Well, yeah. I, I don't think it's a might. We will be coming to you live. Uh, yeah, there we Las, go. We will be coming to you live from Las Vegas next week. Uh, Mark and I are flying out together next Wednesday. Looking forward to it. And so we will be live from Las Vegas, uh, Mark and I. The fabulous and, Las Vegas, Nevada. And whatever they say, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Stays in Vegas. And so signing off tonight, we'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you for joining.